Welcome to episode 36 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm JC, and I haven't made anything outside of Cyclops is Waiting for Me stuff like for two months. Like I haven't streamed or done anything. I've been a lazy piece of shit. So <laughs> I don't know. Message something to Whiskey and Waffles if I should make anything other than this show. Well, yeah, you, you edited that unboxing video, right? But that was for Cyclops so, is waiting oh, for oh, me. Yeah, gotcha, I, gotcha. I have really slacked on my whiskey and waffling. Oh. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever actually done those two things like on a stream, like uh, waffles, drink whiskey for a holiday short? We did shots of Fireball whiskey with Ego mini waffles as the garnish, and I did that with my family. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. If you want to do that this holiday season, let me know. I'd be down for like waffle whiskey pairing. Okay. I like whiskey. I'm a whiskey guy. Anyway, and I'm Rod, whiskey guy and musician, I guess. <laughs> Cyclops is Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, in their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97 coming to Disney Plus in 2023. For those of you wondering how we determine the order of the episodes, we utilize the listed order and previously on X-Men, the making of an animated series by the lead showrunner, Eric Leewald, which is also available on reference on Wikipedia, the list is, at the time of this recording, Disney Plus has finally adjusted the episodes to be in that order, so you, you don't have to, like, research before watching the show. Well, we also luckily put the title of the episode of the cartoon yeah. in our own title episode. So if you watch something and you're like, wait, this, this episode had Magneto in it. No, it didn't. Yeah. Some quick reminders. We're a recap show about a series that came out over 26 years ago. There will be spoilers. And if you don't want to spoil it for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode and come back. And we will do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes that we have not yet covered. Comics, I may make some references and say spoiler before those, but we don't know what is going to actually yeah. cross over into the cartoon. And finally, we are not sponsored, affiliated with Disney, Marvel, Disney Plus, in any way shape or form yet i always add that i don't know why you are so optimistic as a human being (laughs) don't forget to follow us on social media at cyclops iwfm pod on instagram tiktok twitter and facebook and of course make sure to follow us on all your favorite podcast services finally we record these episodes in batches right now so if we're reacting to any news about the upcoming series we'll be a few weeks behind i don't there's no news today so we don't have to worry about that this week and now on to the show. Today we are talking about season three, episode 19, titled Love in Vain, and it aired on February 10th of 1996, one of the latter episodes of the series from an air date order. This one currently sits at a 6.6 rating on IMDb, which is also one of the low rated episodes. This is legitimately lower rated than Mojo Vision. I could kind of see that. Yeah. It's just as random. Like We talk about script order and everything, ironically, in a a batch of episodes where the order didn't really matter. No, it definitely didn't matter from an order episode <laughs> perspective. So this one kicks off where you see Scott and Gene, they're getting into the car. It looks like they're going for like a date night kind of scenario mm-hmm. and they're kissing. And then you you see sad rogue. There's no other way to yeah. describe her watching from her, her window. And it's like, it's a Saturday night and she's literally watching her two teammates like make out in front yeah. of the mansion. And she's, you know, like what, what I would give for, for the ability to do this. And then she just breaks her bed frame. Yeah. Yeah. And the post too, like something that's like yeah. holding like structures. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's when we know we're getting old. We're like, oh, that furniture looks expensive. <laughs> but her, her room, interestingly enough, is very young. It's like childlike. Yeah. There was a, like a teddy bear in the corner. Yeah. But I mean, like I could see that, but it's like the whole vibe was yeah. younger than how old Rogue actually is. Yeah. yeah. We then see what I described as the red space whale. Oh, see, I said, up in space, a big fish appears from a portal. <laughs> I mean, both things are accurate. Yeah. 
and like kind of just asteroids towards Earth. Yeah, it's it's falling down towards Earth and ends up crashing behind Wolverine, who's just kind of like meditating in a desert area. Don't know how familiar our international listeners are. Behind Westchester, which is where the mansion is, there is not desert like this. So what's weird is I only know this because I happened to catch the episode description. It says in a New Mexico desert. I'm like, were we supposed to know that? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Wolverine discovered. I'm like, were we supposed to know this? I, For whatever reason, he's in New Mexico. Okay, so now the <laughs> desert makes sense. But that said, I totally would not have gotten the vibe that because they didn't say it. They didn't call out no, that it was no, New yeah. Mexico. Okay, great. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, where is he and why? Yeah. And then Wolverine is like, oh, fuck, now I have to deal with this. And then three green aliens kind of like pop out the side. And there's no other way to describe them than the brood, but with Dr. Octopus arms. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, Wolverine calls them cockroaches. He does call them cockroaches. But yeah, what's funny for me on that one is we've had images of the brood twice in the series so yeah. far. We had during the original Mojo Vision episode where they are the brown versions of these aliens attacking Beast and Rogue in their Star Trek parody. Yeah. And then in the Iceman episode, there's a giant brood that's seen as the image in the sky that's like scaring away the soldiers kind yeah. of thing. So maybe it was just to not have it be confused with those. In one of the fandom wikis that we use for reference, it was done to make them more animator friendly. And I don't know hmm. what that means, I guess, because the coloring is so dramatic that it helps if they're like a bright green or something. Yeah, and maybe they're more humanoid or something. I, one little funny thing I liked about this moment was like this gigantic, like you said, like a whale size, yep. even bigger than a whale, like Crashlands. And Wolverine's over it. And you can cl- it's visibly it's clearly visible. And yes. he, he like sniffs. He's like, mm, something's down there. I'm like, Get the- I, got, I got the impression <laughs> it was something is down there aside from, from the, the giant, giant fish, whale. Yeah. yeah. And I, I re- realized in my notes, he calls them cockroaches from Mars. Well, it's a giant yeah. red whale. So yeah, what comes from the red planet? But then you see it ends up being a six on one fight as opposed mm-hmm. to just the three on one. And their tails have these like electric shooters, which they, I think to, to something that we're going to talk about in a future episode. And I only know that because we've actually recorded it in advance. This Wolverine gets knocked out very easily. He is not as resilient as the Wolverine in the comics who can literally come back from being melted to the bone. But he just kind of gets like tail zapped and knocked out. Yeah. And we also kind of find out later like what that's doing and it's a little more involved and kind of gross yeah but we see that one of these creatures they're called the colony by the way oh which also which also plays into the brood because the Mm -hmm. brood is a colony of these space roaches effectively but even though they're not calling them the brood don't know why maybe a licensing thing who knows but there's one who has like what i referred to as a red hat yeah yeah Yeah, he's like a priest or something yeah red hat guy basically says he will make an excellent addition let's take him to the ship and then back at the mansion, specifically Rogue's bedroom again, Gambit walks in and is just like immediately flirting with her. Yeah, he's like hitting on her and she's like, well, everybody needs somebody that they could touch. And the funny part to me is like Gambit has fully accepted. He's like, I if I can touch you, drain my power. I yeah. am totally no euphemisms whatsoever. He's like, no, I'm fine with that. I will deal with that pain. I have a Rogue quote that I might frame, but it's like even crazy swamp rats need a gal they can touch. Yes. <laughs> That sounds like something that would be over like a like a strip club while you're walking in. Like, <laughs> see, I thought you were gonna take the other route where it would be like you go into Walmart and those like live life love panels are there that you could buy for like you know your aunt's kitchen as a gift and stuff like that. That's that's the artwork. If okay, so if if I'm motivated by the time I re-listen to this, 
you're gonna you're gonna actually make a custom like a photoshop of like the live laugh love but it's like even swamp rats crazy swamp rats need a gal they can touch right and like the funny part is she's actually being very like cognizant of gambit's feelings there it's not even her own feelings like Mm -hmm. she's like you are going to want more than what i can offer you Mm -hmm. which is kind of like the opposite of what we saw from her you know a few minutes ago where she's like what i would give to be able to touch somebody so it's kind of like oh like we know she has feelings for him but can't act on them but it's like oh no she's actually treating this the right way so yeah so for gambit to get his way they'd have to be the perfect storm of a day where like gambit's horny and rogue is like really angry at him (laughs) and then they both get what they want For a very, very quick instance. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He's like, he, he got it. He's like, I got it. She's like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> He's like, do it. <laughs> and then in a stroke of the most awkward timing, Rogue's phone rings and it's Cody. And we know Cody from when we've seen flashbacks of Rogue in the past. That was like her first love, first boyfriend. And when they had their first kiss is when her mutant power kicked in. Yeah. And she proceeded to drain all of his life force <laughs> and nearly kill him. Yeah, I was always under the impression he was either dead or still in a coma. But she kind of, they kind of clarify that he's kind of been awake for a while. Yeah, I, I got it as she, she drained his power and then ran off like when she had that like awful yeah. instance with her dad and stuff like that. And she never wanted to follow up because she always felt guilty and, and yeah. I think was always more worried that she would be hated by Cody for what mm-hmm. she did, which she gets into a little bit later. And she's like, well, how did you find me? And that works in the 90s it doesn't work the same today because completely disappearing in an instance where you are in a public facing scenario as an Mm -hmm. x-man like you're you you've been on the news like let's be real several times right but you've been on the news where there's only local tv yeah so it's like there's no way to research that easily yeah like so even if he saw something then it would take like months of like it was kind of similar to a polaris Right. Running away and stuff like it took Iceman like a long time. Yeah, it took him months to find her. So you cut over where Rogue is in street clothes. She lands by the Film March Theater, which <laughs> I didn't know if that was a thing. And Cody is standing out front and she's like a little nervous about it. And then he calls from across the street and he calls her by his nickname, which yeah. is Possum. And yeah. it's like, oh, that's <laughs> just like the most southern as hell name right. you could nickname somebody you want to sleep with. I also like she's like she's like don't call me that we actually get the first like realization that something is up and rogue is just like so awestruck by seeing him he starts to cross the street and he almost gets hit by a car and he basically does like a full gymnast yeah. flip over it and lands on his feet and is totally okay yeah and then he kind of brushes it off like rogue did it or something yeah you know, he's like oh I knew you were gonna be here to save me yeah that she says something that <laughs> it's funny she's like old honey tongue Cody <laughs> I did not pick up on that, but I could totally see how that is a, yeah. I was like, I know that she meant that he's a sweet talker. Yeah. However. No. Bad Rod. Children's cartoon. So, you know, basically gives the full recap of of why she left and stuff like that. Mm. And Cody says, you know, you didn't give me the chance to, like, see you again. Like, let me decide if I was actually upset yeah. with you. And he goes for the kiss and Rogue, Rogue pushes him back. She's like, I don't want to do what happened last time to us. Yeah, and he says that they can be together and he's figured something out. Figured it out and things can be different this time. It totally sucks. And then the thing that I thought you were going to focus on was let out the love that you have pent up inside. (laughs) Don't you still love me? 
I mean, that too. Yeah. Um, the honey tongue. Fucking honey tongue. <laughs> so they actually go in for the kiss and we see one of these aliens pop up. So these aliens are also like traveling Just across everywhere. the United States. Yeah. If, you know, they crashed in New Mexico. Oh, yeah, and, New York. Yeah. Or I guess she might be in somewhere in the South now. See, I... I thought they were in New York because I was Maybe. still confused about the travel of this episode. Yeah, yeah, same. It, 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 I guess it could be either. Yeah. Regardless, as they go in for the kiss, she gets zapped, and as she's being kissed, she passes out, essentially. Yeah, or, wasn't it, but right before that, she didn't know what happened. I think she stayed conscious for just like a little bit. Yeah. She's like, what was that? It was, it was almost like a breeze. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Something? Like- yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's the zap from behind. She's like unaware, which means the zap could be either super powerful because it knocks out somebody like Wolverine or it's like a tickle of a breeze. Yeah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> a little both. Yeah, and then they kiss and she passes out. So jumps back to the the space whale and you know wolverine is on like a floating bed thing strapped in and then they did a terrible job of preparing to hold wolverine captive yeah and they leave him alone (laughs) yeah and he basically like bites his way out he takes out like three of them and then the space whale has pores that are big enough to climb through that was kind of gross because it was like very like orifice yeah like but at that point too wolverine realizes that the the ship is alive. Yeah, he realizes it is still alive. And he actually acknowledges, probably from his own experience, he's like, this probably isn't your choice. Yeah, this this wasn't what you signed up for <laughs> kind of scenario. And he he climbs through and escapes and the, you know, one of the the drones effect, like you you see he's talking to one that is a little more intelligent and, and like obviously distinguished with like an armor and mm-hmm. it's, it's the queen of the colony. And she's looking at footage of the X-Men and, you know, basically like these are the ones we're here for and she puts a focus on Rogue. Yeah, especially her. And then they cut to Rogue who's waking up on a park bench with Cody, which she's way more okay with. Which is super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, I must have passed out. Like, hey, that's not okay. (laughs) My note is literally fucking creep. Yeah. But I will say, here's the only, only saving grace of it. At least it was in a public area where probably nothing happened as opposed to like her waking up in a bed. Yeah. Like obviously they're not going to do that in a kid's cartoon, but it's like, okay, at least it was a public spot and he watched her sleep, but it's it's still not okay, but it's not as gross as waking up in a bed. Yeah. I guess the worst part of it is that she passed out in an alley. Right. And then we'll go to park bench. It's like, okay. You know, but, but she she says she feels wonderful as she wakes up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so whatever did happen. I don't know if she, did she think she got drunk or something? Or I don't like, know, man. Like the endorphin high, maybe she went out at like 4 a.m. And that's why, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there, it is what it is. But, you know, Cody is like, we need to be back together. I want you to run away with me. Yeah, like right now. Yeah. And and she's she's fights a little bit. She's like, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, and, they, and she decides to, to go, but she's like, can I tell my friends first? He's like, of course. Yeah. So, so I was actually a little surprised about. Well, here's the thing. He hasn't done anything that is like sinister yet. Yeah. So I get Except that. for trying to explain why she lost hours and woke up on a park bench. But <laughs> I mean, he kind of like just gaslights her on that one where it's just like, you passed out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She's accepting of it. So we catch up with Wolverine who gets in touch with the mansion is like, they're here. The roaches are here. Yeah. Yeah. He's at a gas station payphone and it kind of cracked me up because it was a very like Bruce Wilson diehard-esque thing. Like he's on the ground and his, you just see his hand go up and just dial the numbers. Right. And he's like, the roaches, the roaches. And everybody at the mansion's like, uh-huh. Yeah, get it. Yep. Got got it. Got it. <laughs> right. And he can't really like answer much else. And Xavier has Beast trace the call, which is like 
Okay, yeah, that's yeah. a thing that was like, that was the trope in the 90s. It was like, where can we trace the phone call to? And Storm and Gambit are there as well. Mm-hmm. And right about then, Rogue walks in and she says she wants to take some PTO. Which I get, but also like read the room on the yeah. timing. <laughs> yeah, because Xavier's like, not a good time. Yeah, and oh. it, he's not saying you can't do it. It's like, can we not talk about this literally right, right now? now. <laughs> yeah. And she's upset because she's like, she's never asked for personal time. Yeah. The entire time she's been there, which, you know, same on her. But you can tell there's something off with her on top of being, you know. Right. Because she all of a sudden has like a sudden pain. Yeah. And so she she's like, I'm going to take it whether yeah. you like it or not. And then she takes one of the jets, which I feel like <laughs> if you're not approved for PTO, you can't use a company vehicle for it. <laughs> yeah. Gambit. Actually, he, he's like, he's like, oh, is he, is this the reason? He points at like the security camera of like this guy and he's like, focus, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like, I feel like this is personal to you. <laughs> yes. It's like, hold on, forget about Wolverine who just gave us this really cryptic phone call. Yeah. I need to know who she's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and they leave to, to go get Wolverine wherever he is, New Mexico or New York. I was <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's in the, the desert area again and he's headed back to the whale. Like, that's yeah. the interesting thing is he's like, OK, I gave the warning, but now I'm going back. Yeah. yeah. Save save the, the space whale, I guess. Mm-hmm. So Rogue and Cody are flying away. Storm and Beast end up finding Wolverine. Right. With the giant fish. Logan is like visibly sick, which must have been kind of jarring for them. Yeah. And he essentially tells them to to stay back. Mm-hmm. And then inside the spaceship fish thing, the queen alien sends like soldiers, but she says not to damage them. Right. Because we, we need the X-Men. Just so happens Cody and Rogue, or well, we find out not just Spike wins this, but they're flying over and they land and Rogue is like, what the fuck? Right. Because Cody won't tell Rogue where to go, which I feel like is really hard to do considering she's flying <laughs> the ship. And that's not how flight works. Yeah. And, you know, we we realize that you know Cody is actually in pain too. Like something is going on as he's in yeah. the ship with Rogue, and so that's when Rogue starts getting suspicious. And Cody starts showing a little bit of regret. He was, he says something to the effect of like, they "It was the me. yeah, no one, no one was going to get hurt, and it was the only way." Yeah, when Rogue realizes something up, but we we start to see Wolverine begin to transform, and he just straight up runs off. Yeah, which. <laughs> Poor guy. This has happened to him multiple times in his life where his body is doing shit he does not like and he just has to run off in a direction. So, But he has practice for it now. He's muscle memory. He's like, transforming? Run to a cave. Figure this out later. (laughs) Yep, yep. And then Rogue and Cody both start turning as well. Right. Cody goes faster, I'm guessing, because he's not a mutant. Yeah, he's... And he's also had longer exposure, too, it seems like. Well, it was weird. Like, Rogue had, like the interact like the reaction like she was turning like wolverine just did and right. cody just like like yeah. flips right at that moment storm is like mentally crying out for xavier's help She's yeah like, storm calls out for him yeah <laughs> he's like what are you talking about and we get a little bit of a of a flash as wolverine is and this is i think is probably the indication of the fact that they're not in new york because there are cave homes carved yeah. into the sides of the mountains which is definitely a you know south midwestern thing and he's fighting back the actual transformation that was really cool you, it, you could feel him like forcing the i don't know with the infestation out of his body or something yeah in the infection kind of then we find out from the the aliens or i guess the colony said that they were sprayed with spores that's so gross right rogue <laughs> rogue has had starts to go through a partial transformation uh-huh. and they it was like you were dusted with spore if we need to clarify they were just done by aliens like this, <laughs> this is what happened 
Yeah. Yeah, there's there's no nice way <laughs> to phrase it. There's another nice way. Yeah. yeah. But it was strategic that there was those two and like not the other X-Men. Right. Not strategic. It was purposeful as far as the story writing because it would have been really hard to write out of the situation if it wasn't Rogue and Wolverine specifically. Of course. But there's also advantages where they, they want Wolverine for his resiliency, mm-hmm. but they're also a matriarchal society, so they want yeah. a queen as opposed to a king. And, yeah. and she has so much power that seems to mean more to them than like obviously like years later we find out that storm is an omega so from a power scale perspective storm might be stronger but rogue is more of a fit for what they need from like Mm -hmm. an adaptation perspective yeah because that's when the queen like reveals that they can't reproduce so they need to take host bodies and yeah she's at she says something like they've been watching them for a long time we don't know how long yeah i think it's long enough to like know that the x-men are like oh this is a very efficient thing we can get them like all in one right And the queen also reveals that they are dying and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to teach you until you take my place kind of scenario. Yeah. So I guess the the physical transformation also kind of makes you obedient because the implication is all those shared mind. Yeah. Yeah. And the queen used to be like Rogue on another planet or something. Right. Also, the queen clarifies that Cody didn't really get a choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought that kind of gave him a little bit of redemption. Yeah. And Rogue, like apologizes to Cody and blames herself for all the bad things that happened in his life, which, you know, fair. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wolverine arrives. And at that point, when when he does arrive, Cody just fully turns. Yeah. Like he's still speaking, but his body is physically one of the colony. And this was like the wildest cognitive dissonance to me, because I don't think in any other context have I seen visible like sci-fi or straight up just like Southern bumpkin accents because it, it was like these two i'm aliens. sure there is like a sea level like Probably, horror yeah. movie that that's all it's about but yes just for me personally i'm just seeing the superhero show they're like but i love you rogue it's like but you didn't have to do i'm doing terrible southern accent yes you but, are but imagine that <laughs> but you've lived in the south yeah. so it's not it's not like me from the northeast doing it it's, it, i'm just like watching them, it was like what are we watching this is like texas chainsaw massacre with aliens right <laughs> like, so Rogue actually is able to absorb Wolverine's power, mm-hmm. which helps her fight off her infestation because she was like half transformed at yeah. this point. And it essentially stops the spores and she reverts. And then Cody just kind of walks off awkwardly. Yeah. It was so funny. It's just like poor guy. Like he can't because he can't do any like there's nothing that can save him mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. So we we start to see they're cutting out Beast and, and Gambit and Storm. And that's when the queen arrives with Cody and commands to launch the ship. And Storm cyclically yells out for help again from Xavier. And at that point, Xavier realizes that the whale itself is actually sentient, too. I I love Xavier's response to that, too, though, because he was like, I'm trying. Yeah. (laughs) And then we find out that the space whale is called the Akanti, Mm -hmm. which, sure. I don't know. I guess it's an entire race of like that creature. Yeah. I feel like there are space whales in almost any bit of sci-fi fiction. Like there are definitely space whales in Star Trek and Mm in stuff like that. I also like have flashbacks to the Max from back in the day. I don't remember if you remember that. That Sounds so familiar. A big purple guy. He was like Hulk with a different kind of mental scenario he was dealing with. And in the Outback, there were like sky whales. (laughs) So like whales, just great visuals. And he's like, yep, sorry, this is happening to you, but can you help us out essentially? Yeah. And the X-Men get recaptured or they start to get recaptured yep they're Um, starting to lose and they're trying to get rid of wolverine because they didn't know that he could heal he could push the the spores out right and and this is happening as they're literally in space at this Mm -hmm. point the the akanti is has taken off and is starting to be you know coerced by xavier when the akanti realizes oh i can help it lets out this like 
guttural like whale call moan mm-hmm. the acoustics i guess only hurt the colony yeah yeah they're like oh the noise and then a rogue is like but it's beautiful yeah it's like a really sentimental moment yeah <laughs> and then it turns around and it you know it lands in that same area of the desert and the x-men all like walk out of the the mouth of this thing (laughs) and rogue turns to cody to try to get him to leave but at this point cody has turned like full-fledged feral part of the colony and it's like okay cool bye and they just like leave him and the akanti takes off so i don't know what happens to the akanti there yeah it's like i will digest these things or whatever and rogue is you know traumatized obviously because like now now he's actually gone right she didn't know before but now she knows he's gone and Wolverine, in a rare act of sympathy or empathy, I guess, says that, you know, she did all that she could and take it from a guy who lost a few. Right. It's like, oh, and then laughing children. Yep. <laughs> Which is still the most awkward way to end certain episodes. <laughs> kind of get why this one has the rating that is it does, because it's one of the ones where the wrap up is so fast and it doesn't actually feel like something got resolved. It's like she just like lost Cody in this. Akanti still has the colony inside it yeah but i guess it's in control now like that was like xavier like freed his mind or something right well and this is one of the things that eric mentions in the books is like he wishes that there had been reference to the sentience still being there earlier in the episode yeah so like the wolverine like hey i guess you didn't sign up for this there was no reaction to show that it was sentient enough to realize it at the time too like that it could have pushed back and was subservient and not doing it kind of scenario I was going to say, I, I know it didn't make sense from like a series standpoint to do this, but I personally kind of wanted to see a little bit more backstory about the Akanti because like that was like super intriguing of this giant space whale thing. That could travel and be yeah. like, yeah, there portal through places, but also like kind of get. It also had technology parasite. inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. And but also the it could parasites essentially taking it over. Right. Yeah. But, it's kind of like Last of Us with the infection that's like, cool, this other thing is operating your body and you don't really yeah. have a choice in the matter. It's kind of like a zombie thing. Yeah. Still alive. Yeah. You're like, still alive and aware of what's going on, but you can't do anything about it's, it. It's a similar like get out, you know, storyline thing. Still haven't yeah. seen it. And Joe Russo is going to be pissed. <laughs> we made that reference just for you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Who will supposedly be coming on a future episode. Yeah. Where we're going to be watching Get Out. I'm kidding. <laughs> It's really just an intervention for me for yeah. not having watched Get Out. Uh, my favorite part of the story was the Akanti. Yeah. That's Otherwise, fair. it was like, it was cool. I could take it or leave it. Just a few other notes about the episode. You know, obviously, we mentioned that the, the colony is a reference to the brood. But, you know, aside from that, like, the brood are a little more infest and destroy. Whereas this was kind of like, we're just going to reproduce. And that was a little, that was intentional where they didn't want them to be seen necessarily as villains when they were doing the episode. Whereas if you look at the brood and how the brood is specifically written, it is crystal clear that they are meant to infect and destroy as opposed to infect only to proliferate their species. Yeah. I still didn't have a whole lot of empathy for these guys. Maybe it was the way they like reanimated and looked and stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you know, against green things. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Rod sees kale and he just throws plates across the room. Right. (laughs) Which is ironic because I'm vegetarian or maybe it fits. What I'm willing to consume. Uh, self-hating vegetarian. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was okay. It was, it was, okay. It was fine. Yeah. I think this is one of those episodes where I was, I remembered it because I specifically remember like the body horror of the half transformations yeah. and stuff like that. I, You know, we talk about certain episodes that we remembered seeing multiple times and I feel like this one was one I did see a bunch of times, but it was also like, I don't have specifically fond memories of it. It's just that it kind of existed kind of yeah, scenario. Same. I remember it, but not well. 
Yeah. So on that lovely note, thank you guys for joining us. And if you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload, the official Instagram post for this. And if you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating, preferably a five star, but we can't pressure you into that on the podcast app of your choosing. And you could obviously find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. I don't know, fucking roaches, man. Right. Find, find a crazy swamp rat you can touch. Please don't touch any swamp rats <laughs> without getting consent. 